Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss downfall is in the air. Companies respond to downfall Intel CPU vulnerability. Next up, disco malware fever. We're talking about mustache bouncer and espionage against foreign diplomats in Belarus. And our fun game, gold guidance and grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 164, recorded on August 21st, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie. I mustache you to leave, Fetzel. And with me is co-host Taylor, Riders on the Storm, Wilkes Pierce. And last but not least, Tim, static in my attic on side channel Z, helming. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Going with the deep cuts here. Go with the deep cuts. <laughs> I mean, right. I don't know. I don't know how many listeners are B-52s fans, and I'm sort of I'm sort of betraying my age with that reference. I think but. a fair number of our listeners are probably living in their own private Idaho's. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's well, I bet you're right. I is is uh I don't know that song, Tim. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I feel like you've well, stumped you've stumped me. The t- mine, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the B-52s in general, but I am. This is one that you know it was on the radio a lot at, a long time ago. They did the theme song to Rocco's Modern Life, which is a show I enjoyed as a kid. Ah, okay. yeah, yeah. Well, see, now I'm I'm not familiar with that one, so I'll have to look that. Up. I'll look that up <laughs> if I look up Channel Z. I will. And I was I was really hoping I'm like did I pronounce it right is it Z or Z? No, the all the rhyme schemes in the song would not work if it was Channel Z. Gotcha. That would be problematic for them. Okay. I was I uh I got I was just like is this a rush thing? <laughs> like do I need to be? I'm like Y Y Z. Yep. <laughs> it this in this case is not a rush thing. It is not that. Um, and then Taylor's yours is a song too, right? It's true. Yeah, is that a Doors song? Uh yeah, I, I think it's a. Is it a cover of them? No, mm-hmm. it's that it's is I, as well. Actually, that's they, a good like, question. There's a lot of the stuff Doors that got stolen have... from like blues songs back in the day. You know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The Doors might not have actually written that song. I don't know the answer to that. I just know it in its Doors iteration. But oh, we're starting <laughs> off. We're starting off strong today on Breaking Badness with the tangents. <laughs> uh, should uh we should we should talk about some uh some info sec though shouldn't we as I we suppose. are we should probably yeah, a good idea i guess uh well maybe before we get into all that uh how was black hat and defcon oh man because well, you both were there we were weren't we i was there for black hat i was not there for defcon unfortunately true yeah okay well, how was that? Uh, I was there for both. <laughs> it was, it was hot. It looked hot. I was a little concerned for all y'all, <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, oh, "I'm going to be in an air conditioned building, so it's okay." Yeah, and you know, the thing about Vegas is that is exactly that. Like, you barely have to be outside if you don't want to, but some of us foolishly do things like 
hey, I'm going to walk to my other hotel that's at the other end of the strip. Um, you can have a trail your way through the buildings quite a bit, but you mm-hmm. do have to end up out there on fabulous Las Vegas Boulevard some of the time. Uh, I was not able to go to any of the talks at Black Hat. I didn't have the right kind of badge to do that. So mm-hmm. I can't speak for that, but uh, it was uh, it was busy. You know, the crowds are definitely coming back. And unfortunately, we're hearing a lot about folks getting, you know, maybe the newest COVID strain uh, down at Hacker Summer Camp. I happily did not. But uh, same. Yeah. But uh, Tay, did you did you go to any of the talks at Black Hat? I don't know if you had the right kind of badge for that. Uh, no, I <laughs> badges. We don't need no stinking badges. No, uh, <laughs> I did. I also did not have the right badge for that. But I did catch uh, catch some of like the like the the blog posts around some of them that are great um yeah the the defcon stuff always seems like it it, um like there's more fun stuff going on there (laughs) yeah yeah no that that's true and i think this year was no exception and and it was i hadn't been to defcon since 2019 and so crowd size and everything i would say is probably comparable to that so it seems to be maybe anecdotally anyway bouncing back to pre-pandemic levels. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a blog coming out about um, a competition that we entered and uh, I'll leave it as a, I won't give away any spoilers as to how we did in the competition, but we had a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait to read about it. You'll see what constitutes as a good time. I think you can pick <laughs> up what I'm laying down. <laughs> Enumerating subdomains. <laughs> um. I know, I know you both don't have any uh, authority on, on where the conference is. Do you think it should be in Vegas? <laughs> oh, and like I just, what and if I, they did Black Hat in, I don't know, Costa Rica? Oh, I, I don't know. Selfishly, I was like, we have a convention center in Cleveland. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I'd love Cleveland to. rocks. I have it, it in authority. It does rock. It's in a song. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I saw some, uh, some, uh, you know, Mastodon posts, people saying, why is it, why is this all like, why, are, why is everything in Vegas? I don't, you know, and obviously some people like it, you know, others, it's not their jam, but do you, do you think it would be as successful of an event if it was elsewhere? No, no, I, no. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I tend to agree. I personally, I would love it if they moved it to Cleveland. I'd be totally all over that. You could come to my house. I'm probably in a minority on that. (laughs) Not because of anything bad about Cleveland, but it is uh, relatively inexpensive and easy to get to Vegas. True. It's also easy for me. There's a lot of tradition-mindedness around these things. That's, That's true. I'm just, you know... Sometimes when there's a convention here, I'm like, all right, I don't have to drive or fly anywhere. I just have to drive 10 minutes. It's awesome. Look, I think we could try and, and get the people behind us and get this whole thing moved to Cleveland. Um, you know, I think we would need to get LeBron on board, too. I think he would be if LeBron said, hey, I think Black Hat should move to Cleveland. I think that he could make it happen. Yeah. So yeah, true. I think that was, I was just trying to think who this celebrity spokesperson should be. And I think you're right. It's LeBron. It's, yeah. def- it's definitely LeBron. It's All right. um, well, hey, LeBron, if you're listening. And we know he does. Regular he, listener along with Tom he, Hanks. 
absolutely yeah. listens. That's right. And, you know, so it's him and not Patricia Heaton, who is also from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan B, you know? <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Uh, well, well, okay. We'll we'll talk about some articles. Uh, I think we should uh, we should dive into that. So um, the first one is you know downfall is in the air because I don't I don't know about Seattle, but fall is kind of in the air in the Midwest. Uh, but uh, several we have smoke, smoke in the air. <laughs> so you got smoke <laughs> in the air. Yeah, smoke yeah. on the water. Smoke of the water. Don't get smoke in your eyes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but several major companies have published security advisories in response to the recently disclosed Intel CPU vulnerability named Downfall. So, Tim, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, do you. Do you think the name of this vulnerability is fitting for, for what it does? Because it is very dire sounding. Well, no. I mean, the reason it's not fitting is that since Skylake is one of the... Uh, uh, in the processors involved here, it should be Skyfall, obviously. But I, w- uh, I was thinking about that too. I'm like, uh, how yeah. quick? How quickly can I get, so, get a graphic designer to like do what I need to do for uh, for this particular vulnerability? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't. You know, I don't know. I mean, when we talk about transient execution CPU vulnerabilities, you know, famous ones in the past being Spectre and Meltdown, which we hear about, you know, more commonly by their uh, more precise name of speculative execution attacks. Um, You get these two lovely choices. Uh, Behind door number one, you can be pwned. Uh, Behind door number two, you can have uh, potentially seriously downgraded performance on your CPU. Take your pick. Bugs in hardware are problematic. Um, so, but downfall sort of makes it sound like a catastrophic crash and then everything's broken and yeah. uh, you're in a total failure state. And that's, that's, yes, that could be your consequence if you get owned as a result of this vulnerability. But I don't know, you know, I guess it's fine, but it's, it's perhaps a little more dramatic than it. Right. It really is. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this sounds like uh, this is end of times with this name. I how how do I get to be one of the people that names these things? Because I think it's I think I'd be good at it. Well, I think you I think you generally have to be the uh, the researcher that that found the vulnerability. So you know, mm-hmm. just uh, just work on that. Just work on those chops. Okay. Yeah. Sounds easy that. enough. Uh- <laughs> I also think I would be really good at naming um, the non-licensed Halloween costumes at Spirit Halloween. I think that's... Well, that that was a random uh, uh, direction <laughs> there. But, uh, sure, I'm with you. Absolutely. Just, it is a random direction, <laughs> but, you know, Spirit Halloween is open where I am, so... Already? It's already. Wow. <laughs> well, you so. know, the Christmas stuff will be in the stores in about a week and a half. Yeah. Anywho. So Is so the t- pumpkin spice latte back yet? Uh I think it's this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you guys like that? Are you in are you pumpkin I, spice I, people? I think I had I think I tasted one once. It, it was okay. I you know, it's not where I want to spend my calorie budget. If I'm trying to be careful about it, I'll spend it on other stuff. But uh 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think once per season. I think once you got to wait till it gets a little cold out. Get a really small one and go yeah. stare at like a pumpkin patch with a pumpkin latte, and that's it. That's right. And get a puppuccino for your pup. Of course, yeah. a pumpkin Absol- puppuccino. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, getting back to it, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and I know I'm the cause of taking it off track, but so you had mentioned um, that Intel Micro Architecture Skylake. Um, can can you describe Skylake and and Ice Lake? A little more in detail for for our listeners that that might not know about those. Well, the basically um, Intel has just had these name schemes based on I assume places in Oregon. Uh, oh, okay. In, in the greater Portland area, um, I'm just making that assumption because uh, it certainly sounds like it. But not all of their like I don't know if Sandy Bridge is a uh, is actually a place. I think uh, it kind of depends on where they get developed. So if they're done in Oregon, they get Oregon names. If they're done over in Israel, they get Israel Israeli names. Yeah, like yeah, the, of the pl- locations right. that they're around, and then the, there's one in California too. I don't know. Yeah, I, the the big takeaway um, about that aspect of this is just that it's it's a bunch of generations of chips, right? The sixth through eleventh generations of these wow. these lake. Uh, core processors and then the first through the fourth generations of the Xeon X86 um, 64-bit processors. So that is a lot of CPUs that are um, that are <laughs> encompassed here. So Skylake was first announced in 2014, just to give you a little bit of a sense of that span, um, which, you know, part of me feels like, oh, 2014, I recognize that year. That wasn't that long ago. And then I go, well, actually, it's nine <laughs> years. It's a pretty long time in computer world. Absolutely. Yeah, that's ancient. Think about the computer I have from nine years ago. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't want to do a whole lot. No. <laughs> no, you're in the vintage computing club just about with that. Yeah. I also I still have my college laptop. Which is you, I mean not to sidebar us too much, but I don't you know, I think you turn on something from nine years ago, it still feels fine. Well, is it I guess it depends on what you're doing with it, but uh yeah, actually, I don't do a lot of super, super resource demanding uh, things except audio editing. True. True. There you go. Now that you'll probably notice a difference there for sure. There you go. Yeah. So the two techniques this attack leverages are dubbed gather data sampling and gather value injection. And I will say I'm just thinking of the gather signs. That some people have in their farmhouse homes. Uh, Can can you share with our audience more about what these techniques entail? Yeah. So these. um, So if you find the summary quote about this from the the researcher uh, who discovered this, what he said was, uh, "I'm quoting here: the vulnerability is caused by memory optimization features in Intel processors that unintentionally reveal internal hardware registers to software." This allows untrusted software to access data stored by other programs, which should not normally be accessible, end quote. So now, if you're thinking about these kinds of vulnerabilities, you're saying, well, hey, Tim, that's just describing a transient execution vulnerability in pretty general terms. So he did get more specific about this one, and and this is where the name of those techniques comes in. He said, I discovered that the gather instruction meant to speed up uh, accessing scattered data in memory leaks the content of the internal vector register file during speculative execution. So um, so that 
gather instruction is at the uh, at the heart of this. And again, that, that description makes it sound kind of similar to something like Spectre. But um, so these two techniques that he created to uh, to create this proof of concept. So gather data sampling uh, exploits that gather instruction to steal data from previously undisclosed uh, CPU components called SIMD register buffers. I feel like people probably say SIMD. Um, and since very various memory operations share those buffers, uh, the gather data sampling technique enables attackers to steal data from other security domains. Um, so that's a read operation, essentially. Uh, now, gather value injection combines that uh, gather data sampling with an earlier type of uh, CPU exploit called load value injection. And the basically the cliff notes on that is that allows the attacker to insert arbitrary values uh, into registers in order to carry out attacks. So there's uh, there's a essentially you could almost boil it down to say one of those is a read uh, type of attack and one of them is a write type of attack. Gotcha. Um, makes sense. So, oh, but but we haven't yet seen a threat actor use this vulnerability as of the time of this recording, right? It's it's all, it's just research-based. That's right. Yeah. At least as far as any research that I've seen on this. And what we know about so far as uh, has been published um, to uh, exploit this, you need to have local access. Now, does that mean that there couldn't possibly be a remote uh, way to exploit it? A remote attack is theoretically possible. So we'll have to keep on the lookout and see if someone develops a proof of concept for that. But, um, but yeah, what you said is correct, that to our knowledge, this has not been exploited in the wild. And by the way, if you look at the CVE number on this, it's a 2022. There was a year-long embargo on this. Um, yeah, uh, on this vulnerability. So if you um, if you were researching this and you saw the CVE, you might be like, hey, you know, 2022, how come you all are talking about this in August <laughs> of 2023? But that's the reason it was under embargo until a few days ago as of this recording. Oh, that's a, that's interesting. Um, how does how, like how does the CVE come out from embargo? Like what what sorts of things need to be in place to, to share it with with everybody? Well, you know, in a lot of cases, it's a matter of a mitigation being in place. And what you want to see with vulnerability disclosures and security research on this and stuff is ideally, of course, you have really good cooperation between the researchers and the vendors that are affected. So, you know, in the in the ideal world, the researcher uh, who develops the proof of concept it does not reveal it externally because they don't want uh, bad guys to use it. They responsibly disclose it to the vendor. The vendor in our ideal world says, hey, thank you. We're going to take this seriously. We're going to develop a mitigation. Please don't, you know, please keep this under wraps until we've got a mitigation patch, whatever it might be, in place. And then, uh, and then the disclosure of the vulnerability can be um, simultaneous with the resolution for it. And I think that seems to be the case here. Uh, Intel has um, provided, uh, there are firmware updates that will help mitigate this. Now, having said that, like with all of these um, speculative execution 
vulnerabilities. It's like I said at the beginning, the uh, unfortunately, the mitigation will slow down some jobs. And in some cases, depending on what the processing jobs are, that factor could be as much as 50%. So that's better than being owned, but it's not great. Um, but anyway, I think, but I think that's, that's why, you know, there was some cooperation here between the researcher and, uh, and Intel, which is, which is great. Like we see a whole different spectrum of, uh, of the way that this interplay goes on from some researchers not being responsible about disclosure to some vendors not um, caring <laughs> about um, the, the, or not, not respond, not being responsive anyway to the vulnerabilities that were disclosed. And so this one, as far as I can tell, th this one seems to have kind of happened the way you would want it to happen. Gotcha, okay. And uh, you had answered my last que question, which was, are there mitigations? And the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, the, um, and how you specifically act on it is very situational. So, um, a lot of the big cloud providers have uh, have come out with statements saying things like, in some cases, um, the mitigation is in place and you're covered, so you don't have to do anything. Generally, actually, from the cloud providers, the recommended action is is mostly uh, you don't have to do anything, either because they put the mitigation in place or because their cloud architecture is not using the affected chips and so it doesn't affect them. Um, you know, if you're running your own hardware, then of course you, um, you probably, and you, you're running affected hardware, then you want to, uh, look at getting a patch in place. The, the urgency, you know, again, for right now, maybe is not super high because it, it seems to be a local, uh, a local attack. But, um, yeah. as we were talking about, mm, I'd rather not have that hanging out there and just not do anything about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking of, you know, urgency, I think that kind of leads us nicely into the hoodie rating for, for this particular vulnerability. Um, if you're if you're a new listener to Breaking Badness, um, we like to conclude um, our discussions on each article by, by giving it a rating, which we call a hoodie rating. If you're thinking of a stereotypical hacker in a hoodie, uh, one is is not very bad at all. And then 10 is, uh, um, I've, I've been saying end of days. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you could also argue it is, uh, 10 is downfall. <laughs> um, but not this downfall. Not this not that one. I want to give any spoilers about my hoodie. Rating. <laughs> not, not this one. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So maybe, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll start with you, Taylor, on the hoodie yeah. rating. So given, you know, what, what you've heard uh, from Tim, uh, how, how would you rate this particular vulnerability? Yeah, these, the speculative ex, uh, execution bugs in processors are fascinating to me because uh, they're always like the result of kind of there's architecture design choices that are made where it's like, okay, well, we can have a bunch of concurrent pipelines running and we can, you know, predict both sides of how something might go down 
<laughs> like a decision might go down and pre-process both the answers, you know, on both sides of it and then choose which branch to go down, knowing that we've already predicted it and done it. But you have this other branch that you don't go down uh, where you have already kind of run it and you can sometimes pull data out of it. Right. Um, and so it's always some type of flavor of that. And it always impacts performance on the mitigation side. Um, you know, to to fix it. So the folks who kind of bear the cost of that are your broader cloud providers. So I wonder, you know, um, with this particular bug, I'd have to look into the processors and see, you know, hey, how many of those are kind of hanging out in colos around the world? <laughs> I'm sure there's a fair number. Um, you know, but those are the folks who are going to hit the economic brunt of it or, you know, hey, all of a sudden I have 10% less computing power uh, with the same number of customers that I had before I applied this microcode patch. And, the, you know, the patching is always kind of interesting too, right? Because you got to um, restart everybody. So, you know, maybe you can move folks off the box, but f like there may be impacted customers who need to reboot to kind of inherit the updates. So, um, you know, there's an impact there. From a hoodie perspective, uh, you know, these are always tricky because they're like, hey, we haven't seen this out in the wild, but it's one of those things where, and, and you know, you need, you know, close proximity or, or, or you know, um, you know, local access to the CPU. But if you're in the cloud, you've got local access to someone's CPU because you're sharing processor time with, you know, who knows who. So, uh, you know, I find that, um, you know, an interesting uh, vector there, right? So we know actors will like look for orphan DNS records and spin up infrastructure over and over and over again until they get the right IPv4s to try and, you know, use a, an orphan DNS record. So like this, you know, if, if, if something like this were bad enough and they were able to see stuff, you know, from other customer environments, then, you know, you might see some similar behavior there. Um, you know, all in all, I think hoodie wise, probably like a 4.78. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's, these are older, um, you know, and looks like we've had responsible disclosure here, <laughs> <laughs> but it is always a thing where it's like, Hey, every time there is one of these, the Intel hardware that, um, you know, that the stuff was built for, takes a performance hit and then, you know, the, it makes it more important for folks to upgrade to the newer versions of the, the CPUs that have these fixes baked in. Okay. And I always, you know, try to figure out what your hoodie would look like mm -hmm. at, or point like what is point seven eight of a hoodie? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, and I'm glad you asked. So, <laughs> where you might see like a full half a hoodie, this is not that. So, this is like a short sleeve shirt on one side, and then nothing on the other, right? So, it's a short sleeve hoodie on the right hand side, and then nothing on the other side. Four point seven eight. Okay, it sounds expensive. <laughs> it's an expensive uh, designer hoodie. Uh, what about what about you, Tim? Uh, we might need a gallery of these fractional hoodies <laughs> at some point. Well, I told Taylor at one point he's gonna have to wear like I'm gonna get get it together sewing wise oh, no. and, and make him a hoodie that that he has said like the you know the decimal proportions, the direct and, proportions and, and based on a real you have to wear it. hoodie. I think that's a good idea. And then you'll have, have to guess that. which story it was from. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> we have fun here. <laughs> Tim, Tim, what about you? What what are what are your fractional hoodies? Yeah, well, bottom line up front, I'm I'm in the same neighborhood as uh Taylor. To me, the most 
concerning uh, aspect of this, which uh, was probably the, the ways in which it can affect OpenSSL. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would, so that puts that a little bit higher. Now, I don't, I know that there are, for example, um, devices like VPN concentrators that do SSL VPN that are running um, OpenSSL and of course SSL uh, clients. So um, that'll be running this silicon as well. So again, there's the vulnerability and then there's the question of whether it's being actually exploited in the wild. And so um, as I say a lot of times with these hoodie ratings, like what I'll give right now is based on what we know right now, but if what we know changes, that would, you know, have, uh, that would, if we saw a plausible remote uh, execution scenario um, for this, then that would drive the rating up quite a bit. But um, put me down for four and a half hoodies and get this, okay. the way the half hoodie is going to be is it's it's Swiss cheese. It's just got it's got holes in it that amount to 50% of the material in the hoodie. Wow. That is a choice. That is a choice. That would be, that would be a look. Yep. But I could, it is a look that I bet some people would be like, yes, this is it. (laughs) I love that. So at the end of the day, since we have not seen this out in the wild yet, we've discussed its name at length. Is this not so much downfall, but is it just like fall off your bike? Hmm. That makes me think of that meme of the person sticking the, the stick in their own front <laughs> wheel spokes and uh, crashing. I don't know. It it's right now it seems like you're you're not necessarily falling off your bike, but uh but you're you're riding with the with the front brake partly on. Oh, okay. As someone who has broken their arm four times um, on their bike, I could say that's troublesome. <laughs> wow, and I thought I thought I had a, a bad track record with my son <laughs> with biking. That's pretty hardcore. No, tis four I. different bike accidents. Four well, broken arms. Three are bike. One is rollerblades. Okay. So, so I'm thinking maybe biking isn't for maybe, me. Maybe maybe not. Yeah, that's pretty know. much what I've wa- I've I've walked away. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Is that you in in those videos riding down the side of a volcano? Yeah, that's me. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I never realized that you're famous. I know, right? <laughs> I try to keep a low profile, though. You know. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, thank you, Tim. We will, we will be right back with Taylor uh, to discuss our next um, article real soon. So uh, we'll be right back, and please stay tuned. Hey, Breaking Badness listener, Tim here from the crew, hoping you're squeezing every last bit of enjoyment and relaxation that you can out of the summer. I think I can hear the ocean breeze from here. So anyway, we hope you enjoy listening to the show as much as we enjoy making it. And if you do enjoy it, well, we hope you might consider doing us a tip-top sort of favor and leaving a five-star rating and a review of Breaking Badness on your favorite podcast platform. Maybe even more importantly, if you're enjoying the show, 
why not take a few moments and tell a friend or two about it? We would be much obliged. And now, on with the episode. And we're back with more Breaking Badness. Uh, how, how was the break? Get a lot done? Very, very relaxed. Refreshing. Very, very refreshing. Absolutely. That's what I go for. I, uh, I'm, I I try to do that for you. Um, so we are, um, we're back and we're going to talk about Disco Malware Fever. Um, so, so Taylor, we, we've been hearing more about Mustache Bouncer in the news, uh, which objectively great name um for if we're gonna you know stay if i'm gonna stay laser focused on that but can you provide a brief overview of of who this group is for our listeners yeah so mustache bouncer is the name of a uh, newly uncovered or released about group uh from the eset security team that uh targets almost exclusively diplomatic targets in belarus uh, so you know they, they say that they, this group's been around for uh, a while now they said that they've got stuff going back to 2014 on them um, but that they uh, operate in belarus and target uh, foreign embassies there gotcha and they typically do they typically do adversary in the middle attacks or is that the kind of attack that they're using now that's kind of what, like their hallmark, uh, okay. their, their calling card, if you will. Um, so interestingly enough, they, so the, the group ESET team uh, called them the Mustached Bouncer. They named the two malware families that they're working with here, uh, Disco and Nightclub. Perfect. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. And uh, so the, you know, the, the whole mustache thing is actually a, a, a take off of the, the president of Belarus, Lukashenko there has um, a kind of a, a, a well-known mustache. So I think that's, that's where they oh, came up. That's right. He does. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's kind of where the mustache the mustache bouncer comes from um and yeah you know one of the really interesting things that they that they found here uh is that they highly suspect that this adversary is utilizing uh kind of um attacker in the middle uh, techniques here at the isp level uh meaning that they think that there is filtering going on with the isp uh, you know in particular they uh they use the uh there's a Russian law, and it's the it's it's SORM. SORM is the uh, program that the Russians developed to do this type of lawful intercept. Uh, so kind of deep packet inception and uh, interception and intercept, deep packet interception, uh, and so they call this for the system for operative investigative activities. Um, you know this hardware is deployed in Belarus, and so an actor there that has access to that would be able to do the things that they're observing in the victims here. Gotcha. Okay. Um, would you say that? So you mentioned that adversary in the middle is mm-hmm. uh, their calling card. Would like? Would you say those attacks are? common amongst you know bad actors in general or is it more mustache bouncers this is their absolute claim to fame yeah they've look they mentioned that they observed it in a couple of other spots uh but it's pretty rare just because you need to have like the level of access that you need um you know and, and uh, like the 
legislative apparatus that you would need to make that happen uh, can be kind of tricky. So it doesn't, it's not, it's very uncommon, right? So um, it, that, you know, right off the bat. And so in this case, what they're seeing is uh, the Windows updates, uh, you know, they're, they're happening on the machines in these, and these are being used by diplomats, are redirecting over to uh, drop malicious, to drop their malware, essentially. Um, and then they're also using man in the middle on their exfil side as well. Gotcha. Or adversary in the middle. If, if I had more time and we were in person, I just, I want to do like a skit that's like Malcolm in the middle, but it's like adversary in the middle, like just all these in the middles, like make me think there's something we could do there from a marketing perspective that would be hilarious. Maybe only to me, but, <laughs> but, um, anyway, so the, the art, this article that, you know, we're talking about, uh, comes from, we live security and, uh, just to, you know, continue the conversation on adversary in the middle, um, this scenario, Reminded them of um, the Turla, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, and strong pity threat actors. And mm -hmm. I was hoping maybe you could explain that a little more in detail of, uh, you know, why it reminds them of those two, um, just for, for our listeners who may not be aware. Yeah, um, so in this case, they're saying that some of the, like the targeting and activity kind of align with what they're seeing from those other groups, they also kind of aligned it with, we're saying that, you know, in, in terms of like the overlap, they're seeing like, hey, we see a lot of Russian language in the malware for, for these, which would not be that uncommon in Belarus, you know, very common, very commonly spoken and used there. So, um, you know, they also see overlap, uh, or not overlap, but certainly um, directional <laughs> Um, alignment with like the Ghost Rider or the um, I think it was UNC. Ah, I forget the particular the exact name, but I think it's um, oh yeah, eleven fifty one. Um, so Ghost Rider uh, and UNC eleven fifty one. They also see um, like overlap in like targeting. Like so, um, you know, they may not be the same groups. They're not saying that by any means, uh, but certainly maybe aligned in, in terms of interests. Okay, gotcha. So um, for, for this particular threat group, um, what do we know about the victimology? So yes, this particular group, they have observed targeting, again, uh, foreign diplomats in Belarus. So going back again to like 2014, so they saw yeah. um, like their timeline for this is like their oldest sample they saw on virus totals back in 2014. The first victim they catch is in 2017. Uh, so they're, they're a South Asian country uh, and mm -hmm. then a Northeast African country in 2020 and then a European country in 20 later in 2020 and then an Eastern European country uh, in 2022. And you had mentioned to um, the malware families that they use, um, you know, have the the names Disco and Nightclub, Night Club, which yeah. are yeah. Oh, can you tell us a little bit more about those in detail? Uh, so for them, the Disco ones are newer and do their uh, delivery via SMB shares. Um, you know, the the older ones uh, were heavily reliant on like when fake windows updates the new one is too it looks like uh, but they do more like exfil dns on the newer stuff 
So there's some really interesting in the middle uh, DNS exfil techniques going on, um, which are just, it's just one of those things where you look at this stuff and it's like, oh, you know, it, it might have to be something like an adversary in the middle because of what appears to be impossible resolutions or resolutions that you can't, you know, things that just, you know, don't happen in DNS or can't happen in DNS or should not have happened in DNS. Well, and something that I saw in the article that we're going to link to about this was that, you know, they, they kept referring to a downloader um, URL as being like updates.microsoft.com. Yep. So, Unless that was, unless they meant to, for it to be like updates hyphen Microsoft.com or something. I mean, it looks like the legitimate Microsoft domain and that's probably a legitimate subdomain. And I'm also pretty confident that they did not do uh, subdomain shadowing on Microsoft.com. Nope. So that says to me that what's going on here. And they, they suggested that this was happening like at the, uh, ISP level. So it's some kind of, uh, DNS poisoning where they're who knows what they're pointing it to. It's not actually probably pointing to a registered domain. It's probably just resolving, you know, the actual internal host, legit URL <laughs> yeah. to a different IP that they're controlling. Right. Yep. So, um, are there any mitigations to consider here or what should listeners leave as the, as the main takeaway, um, can this be resolved using the hustle? <laughs> you had, you know, I, I had to, I had to try. <laughs> <laughs> um this yeah i think a full tunnel vpn is the you know your your mitigation against this through the tunnel through yeah the tunnel. yeah <laughs> okay well thank you Tim. which honestly if you're a diplomat sure. at all like th that should just be always what you're doing uh a hundred percent of the time well, I'll take it even a step further. That, that's all your security team should allow you to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, thanks, Taylor. Um, I think this uh, this leads us into our hoodie rating for for this article. Um, so I'll switch it up. Um, uh, Tim, having heard um, the details about this particular um, group. What what are what are you thinking hoodie wise? Well, if you're a foreign dipl diplomat visiting Belarus and you don't tend to use full tunnel uh, for all of your access, then this is about uh, nine point five hoodies. If you are uh, not in that category, either because you are a foreign diplomat visiting Belarus who always does use a full tunnel or for all internet access, or more likely because you're one of the rest of us, um, it doesn't seem to represent a, a a real threat. The victimology seems to be pretty narrowly focused. So I don't know what's the, I, I guess I would call it in general for probably most listeners of this podcast, it's like two hoodies. Um, now, and, and also I'm thinking if these, um, if these techniques start to get used more widely, then that also would change it. But if they are, in fact, compromising ISPs, that's not necessarily going to, you know, survive long at a at a large, widespread level, to where it would affect most of us. So my guess is this is a fairly contained thing. Seems fair. That's a, these are good ratings. Do you, do you have similar ratings, Tay? Like if you are a diplomat versus everybody else. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think it's still a decent reminder um, that there are, you know, things beyond our control right? <laughs> <laughs> on the network side that um, there's nothing else in the world these days that yeah, would give us reminders of that. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> but in DNS. Right. So so much of the time with, hey, we think D DNS is, is viewed as a solved problem in a way. Um, but there's still you know, vulnerabilities there and interesting ways that it can be used and abused. Gotcha. That's yeah. not a number. No, um, <laughs> yeah, it's really small because it's just like it's like a, a hoodie, a, 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 a hoodie, hoodie. One, just a single, just a single one. Wow, one hoodie from Tay. No, <laughs> a hoodie. no decimals. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> no decimals for them. They just get one. I mean, because it's kind of like cheating. I don't know. Like you started on third base. <laughs> <laughs> you started, you know, intercepting all the all the packets and redirecting DNS. That you know, <laughs> it's cheating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you. I appreciate you going through that with us. Um, well, why don't we? Uh, do we want to go into uh, some gold guidance and grievances before we adjourn today? Yes. Let's yes. do that. Yeah. Who would like to start? Tim, are, are, you, are you prepared to start? Or uh, Sure. Don't fight. Don't all fight to go at once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, that's fine. I will go. So let's see. For my gold, um, it's gold with a small caveat, but it is, uh, it is as I see it, gold. And that is that... Uh, um, the uh, administration just announced um, another big set of grants and loans for more rural broadband infrastructure. So I, uh, I think that's awesome. Um, I do think I was just talking to somebody recently and I don't tell me if one of you, if this was a conversation that you were part of also, because I don't remember the context. Um, somebody concerned about that there's not enough security uh, consideration going into the broadband uh, infrastructure build outs um, and that we're going to have a lot of folks who have not had, you know, uh, a lot of access to the internet, um, suddenly having better access without maybe commensurate security awareness and so on. And so, you know, what that makes me think of is that when you get, um, if you combine better bandwidth with um, poor security practices, it just means the malware gets into your network that much faster. Um, but in general, I, I think, you know, there's CIS has been doing a lot of good work around uh, a lot of directives for beefing up security in general. Does not mean that that is specific to this, but um, I'm hoping that there's a rising tide there. But anyway, uh, my goal is, you know, more folks are going to get broadband who didn't have it before. And I think uh, as a net thing, I think that's good. Guidance. Uh, get your dot coms uh, before they uh, before Namecheap does a price hike in September. Um, that also applies to dot XYZs, but um, I'm going to mainly say get your your dot coms before that price hike. So that uh, wonderful domain you've been thinking about for all these years, time to buy it. Uh, my grievance is around uh, RTO fundamentalism. I will call it just these. Uh, these return to office mandates that are making people people miserable all over the place. And I saw a, uh, there was an article in the Seattle Times. So this is a local, um, you know, it's hitting a lot 
locally here in Seattle where uh, Amazon workers are, are demanding actual data and not just anecdotes to support the uh, RTO policy that they're not happy about. Um, so uh, I think I think it's going to make a lot of people pretty miserable. I'm uh, uh, I'm really pleased that our company is uh, has fully embraced embraced remote, and that there's no no indication whatsoever that that's going to change. And it would be pretty hard nowadays because we're we're very distributed. So we're just um, all going to go to your house, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tay, you and JoJo are welcome in my house any old time. <laughs> your whole family, of course, and Cali, you are too. A little oh, easier you. for Tay to get here, but uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got yeah. I got a ways to go if I want to hang. But, you know, that's just the thing. Like, I like going to our office sometimes to hang out with people. I mean, it's it's great to see folks and have those hallway conversations and all that stuff. I don't do it as often as I'd like to. Um, but I think it's wonderful to have it as an option. But having it as a mandate is 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 really hard. It opens up to some really uh, powerful pretexting as well, right? Like, hey, here's an email. It's like, hey, I I noticed you haven't been hitting your uh, three days a week in the office. You want to click here and tell me why? (laughs) 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 Right? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I used to have, um, it's like a 45-minute commute. It was... it was long. I, re- I did power through 52 audiobooks that year. So that's Ooh, something. But, that's um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, but it's, you know, like, I would... Now, would you listen to on, on normal speed or do you speed them up? I listen on normal speed. Yeah. Mm. I've, I've taken to with podcasts. If it's not a podcast about music, I listen to it fast. Maybe I'll try that yeah. and, and see how yeah. I like it. I just, uh, I figured it sounds out. really weird at first and then you get used to it. And oh, then okay. when you put it on normal speed, they sound like they're drunk. Oh, also, <laughs> <laughs> well, I still want to try that out. I think it'd be cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you, Tim, on return to office. It's, it's rough. Um, but hey, what about, I, yeah. what about you? What are you thinking? Gold guidance grievance. Gold. Gold is very excited that friend of the pod, uh, Joe Sloak, gave a talk on the Vulcan files at DEF CON. Uh, so hopefully that will be available for us at some point. And, oh, uh, I had to leave before his talk, unfortunately. I was really sad. That was a talk I very much wanted to get to. And when yeah. I saw that it was scheduled after I had left, I was I was sad. So I'm with you. I hope it gets published. Yeah, or, or there'll be a blog or something. Hopefully, I'm sure there will be at some point we can get something out of that. But that, yeah. that I'm sure was gold. Um, let's see. Guidance is a re- really good talk on uh, certificate authentication from the GitHub security folks that I think is a really cool. I found the blog for it and I'll pop the link in and we can get that into the notes or whatnot. Um, it's called MTLS when certificate authentication is done wrong. So they, they gave a talk at Black Hat and DEF CON and then published a blog on it. So that that's pretty cool. And grievances, uh, wildfire smoke needs to go away. So um, I don't know how you're, Callie, that's on you. I'm just going <laughs> to. Well, I we, guess we can't DNS redirect it away from here. No, yeah, we can we? We yeah. had a, we had smoke problems in the Midwest uh, a little earlier this summer due to the Canada wildfires. So, right. and that's something that's new for us. We haven't had to deal with that in the past so yeah as much as i like that rustic campfire 
um, feel. <laughs> don't, you open your phone and yeah, your phone's like, don't go outside. Yeah. yeah. No. Or, or when you can look at the sun, uh, <laughs> when you can look directly at the sun with no fear of eye damage, that's a bad sign. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like that's been like new for us where, um, you know, it looks nice outside. It looks like a nice sunny day, but your phone's just like, the air quality's terrible. Do not go out there. If yeah, don't you breathe can it in. It. And I'm like, but it looks beautiful. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Man, your grievances today, everybody, are very on point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this this has been fun, though. Um, I, I, I very much enjoyed our conversation. Good to have the band back together. I know it's right? it's been a minute. Um, yeah, I'm so I'm you know again grateful to uh, the guests that we've had recently. Um, Alan Liska and Tracy Mayleaf uh, was here. We've we've got a guest coming up in a few weeks. That'll be fun. Um, so yeah, but but yeah, it's great to great when the the three of us are back together. For sure. For sure. Well, thanks everybody for thank you Tim and Tay for insights and thank you to our listeners of course and uh, we will catch you again next week for an all new episode of Breaking Badness stay frosty out there that's about all we have for this week you can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools all of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post which can be found at domaintools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.